You are listening to the Wisdom for All of Life podcast. I'm Pastor Brandon Neely, and this is a part of my teaching ministry at Christ Church of Acadiana in southwest Louisiana. This podcast is dedicated to the wisdom literature of Scripture, and every weekday morning we take a look at a different verse. Proverbs 22 verse 28 is our verse for today. Solomon tells us, Do not move the ancient landmarks that your fathers have set. Proverbs twenty-two, twenty-eight. Now, this particular proverb is a commentary specifically on the Eighth Commandment, Thou shalt not steal. It deals literally with property rights. You see, at the corner of a household's land, inherited land, would have been stone markers, boundary stones marking the corners of a field. Today we use metal stakes driven deep into the ground and placed there by a surveyor who's been duly appointed by the state. But in those days, the markers would have been a little easier to move. Sort of a a pile of rocks, really. You just needed a little darkness and a handful of thieves. And the idea was to move it just a few feet a year. Move it quickly in the night, and then first thing in the morning, plow over the area where it once was, so as to remove any evidence of tampering. And if you do this a little each year, no one would notice the slow and incremental overreach. And eventually, you would come to own acres of someone else's inheritance. This type of slow theft was called removing the landmark. This fairly common problem among the ancients became, over time, a sort of a literary metaphor for moving any sort of boundary, for moving a landmark of history, or morals, or sound doctrine. In other words, there may be times when doctrines or values of a people, of a family, of a nation, of a church, are changed drastically in one instance. But usually these things change slowly, incrementally, over time. So that as the years go by, values, morals, doctrines of the past become eventually unrecognizable. The lines, the clearly defined lines between truth and falsehood, between good and bad, between beautiful and ugly, just get blurry and then slowly drift. No one notices. Today, there are many who would blur the lines between the once-for-all delivered faith of the Scriptures and the New Age, or American pragmatism, or existentialism. The lines between that which is true and that which is false get blurred, and slowly, generation after generation, drift. This has two effects, of course. One is that simple people don't see it. They aren't educated in history. They are instead educated by those who have moved the landmarks. And two, the people who do see it, who know morals, who know doctrines, who know the originally established landmarks, they come across as overly scrupulous or nitpicky, pedantic, or even mean. They seem as though they are making mountains out of molehills. Now this proverb also has a relationship to the sixth commandment, thou shalt not kill. Why? Well, because to remove the landmarks of a society 
of a church, of a nation, of a people, of a family, can very well lead to its demise. To move the lines of a church, for example, to move the lines from off of God's word to some other standard of so-called truth, well, it's to kill the church. And that's why this particular landmark proverb is not only associated with the command thou shalt not steal, and that's its literal sense, but metaphorically it's been used and associated with thou shalt not kill. To move the landmarks is to eventually destroy the people. If you want an example of how this is done, just take a look at government school textbooks. Look at the ones that you have today and compare compare them with textbooks in the 80s or the 50s. Or go back even to the 19th century if you'd like. You'll see that, um, that that which would have been thought abominable in the past is now taught dutifully as a matter of justice and love. That which was once thought to be evil is now considered to be righteous. And the Christian pastor who warns against handing your children over to the state, like myself, is thought to be an extremist. The landmarks have been moved in the night, and few notice, and few care. Or look to the sphere of the church, if you would, the doctrine of election, the doctrine of hell. These doctrines seem almost extreme and absurd. They seem to be going against the spirit of love, the doctrine of the atonement, the teaching of marriage, and and the roles of men and women in male headship. These things, which make for basic historical and biblical Christianity, are being challenged at every turn. In a church near you, you can hear New Age teachings, existentialism, American pragmatism, Pelagianism, etc., etc. All of these things which would have been considered heresies are now taught as though they represent what is truly meant to by Christ and Him crucified. If you notice, the landmarks have been moved. But there's a way back. The story is told in 2 Kings chapter 22. It's a fascinating tale of Judah's revival. The temple had laid in ruins. It was destroyed in the ruins of apathy and indifference. Men were busy about the affairs of house and home and of the state, but no one had concern for the temple of God, for what was once the center of their societal life. But Josiah became king. He was a righteous man who loved the Lord. And around the age of 25, he commanded the temple to be restored. The deferred maintenance, the crumbling architecture, all of it would be remedied. He put the money up to make it happen. As he and his cabinet began to refocus the nation back to the temple, to God and to the presence of God, a great discovery was made. In the ruins of the temple, in the ruins of indifference, the Bible was found. The book of the law, a great discovery. God's instructions on how to live justly before him and with other men. Now when Josiah, who was king, read this book, he tore his robes in great mourning. It was as though in one instance he realized just how far the landmarks had been moved over time. He then set about to right the wrongs, to restore the tithes, the festivals, to reorient national life again around the word of God, around his temple, around the festivals, around his future coming Messiah, and great revival and blessings flowed. This is still possible. 
even in our nation. God brings life out of death. He, he brings light out of darkness. He makes a people to himself in the wilderness. He makes water flow from desert rocks. And he can very quickly restore the landmarks of your family and of our nation. But he would do so. And he always does so as men, leaders, heads of households, pastors, kings, take up his word. Take up his word even from amidst the ruins, dust it off, and begin to teach the words of it and to enforce it. That's the purpose of this podcast, honestly. And I hope you are inspired by Josiah to do the same thing for your sphere of leadership. Pick up the Word of God. Dust it off. Find out where the landmarks are for your life. And teach them. Enforce them. And hand them down to those who come after you. This has been another episode of the Wisdom for All of Life podcast. I'm Pastor Brandon Neely. Would you share this? Would you rate it on iTunes? And also, hey, if there is a proverb or a verse in Ecclesiastes or Job that you'd like me to focus in on, why don't you give me a text or send me a uh, Facebook message or anything like that. I'll be glad to tackle it for you. Until next time, if the Lord has called you, He'll equip you, He'll protect you, and He'll bless you along the way. Have a great day.